Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. All right, everyone, welcome to episode three of Waco PD on the beat. I'm Officer A.J. Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. And I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer for the Waco Police Department. We're talking about victim services. Yes, we've got an awesome guest on here with us today, and she's going to tell us what victim services is. So um, victim services is a group or a unit within our department that comes out and kind of helps relate to our victims. Uh, while us officers are working the scene, they're out there helping the people that have just experienced something process it. Yeah, so I think we should just get right into it, and we'll have Isabel King, our Crime Victims Compensation Specialist for the Victim Services Unit, come on in now. All right, so we are here now with Isabel King, and she works in our Victim Services Unit. She is the Victim Services Coordinator, as well as the Crime, Crime Victims, Victims Compensation, Compensation Specialist. <laughs> that was almost, that was a lot of words. Hard to say. How do you keep up with that title? <laughs> That's a lot of Here's what I do, right? <laughs> um that is a lot of my focus outside of being just the victim services coordinator. Right. Before we, now, before we get into the victim services unit, talk a little bit about what brought you to this position and what led you to law enforcement. Okay. Um, so pretty much growing up, I was pretty my own voice. I had to speak up for myself, um, and because my mom did not speak Spanish, so. It kind of led me to be in that family translator. I was um, having to either go to doctor's appointments and be that that voice for my mom. Um, and then when it came to myself, I had to be my voice for myself at school, wherever that may be, you know, having to go to the parent-teacher conferences and, and having to translate for myself, tell my mom how good of a student I was. <laughs> um, so that just somehow that translated into me helping people and loving to help people. I became and did that for my family. Um, and when a position came open, I was like, I've always wanted to do it. I always wanted to try it and knew that it was um, it was something different every day, kind of being already and hearing it from the officer's point of view of being out there and helping these victims. It's really what I wanted to do. So my background is in mental health youth counseling. That's kind of um, where I went to school and I just loved and was fascinated by it. So... I'm just like thrilled every day to be able to do this, even though it's such a hard job to be in um, a place where you're going to a person's worst day, but it's also an honor to be able to be there and kind of help them, guide them through whatever it is that they're going through at that point. How long have you been in the victim services unit? How long have you worked with Waco PD? For three and a half years. Okay. So are you from Waco? I, yes, I grew up in Waco. I was born in Mexico, but I grew up in Waco, graduated from La Vega, and um, I've just been here ever since. So. You've been involved with the department more than three and a half years, because... Yes. I, tell us my, why. my husband works for the department, so I've pretty much been part of the family for a while. I've known a lot of the officers, and I felt it easy kind of to slide in or transition into working for the department because of that, because having that that, you know, my husband and doing the ride-alongs and kind of seeing what he did made it that much, gave me that much more of an itch of wanting to come and help victims. So let's take a little commercial break for a second. Okay. Talk about our Trunk or Treat event. All right. So we're commercially, or, <laughs> that was not the right word. We'll get this right one day. It's okay. We'll make a new word. Yeah. Anyway, Trunk or Treat. All right. 
Waco Police Department, you guys, we're holding our first trunk or treat event. It's going to be on Monday, October 25th. Our Back to School Bash was just such a success. You know, we wanted to continue that outreach to the community. And so this is what we got for you, a free trick or treat event, treat, trunk or treat event. So we're going to have all sorts of police department representatives throughout the county, local, um, all different agencies and the school districts are going to bring their officers and have candy to pass out. So we've got it on the books from seven to nine, but we're both thinking it's going to end whenever the candy runs out. And that's probably going to be before nine. I think so. so. We're going to have a lot of candy, but I mean, yeah. it's still going to run out. Yeah. As incredible as the support from our community was for the back to school bash, we we're thinking you guys are going to come hang out with us and it's going to be even more. Right, right. So 7 to 9 p.m., free event, trunk or treat at the Waco Police Department. That's 3115 Pine Avenue. Come on out on October 25th. It is a Monday night. Dress up and just have some spooktacular fun with us at our trunk or treat event. Again, this is a free event to the community, and we hope to see you there. Yes, I'm excited to see as many people as we can get out there. Absolutely. So kind of give a little bit of background. So what exactly is it that you do when you're showing up on someone's worth stay? What what is your role there? Okay. So usually what happens is um, an officer goes to a scene, whether it's um, anything from a murder to just a natural death, even a natural death, we go out and an officer will call us out, especially if the family is um, pretty distraught or just not in a place where they can mentally focus on what the officer may be having to do. Um, that also allows the officer to continue investigating the scene, to continue working whatever it may need to be that he needs to do or she needs to do. Um, so we're able to be with the family and kind of um, figure out what resources they may need. And it may just be that they just need someone to sit there with them for a minute and gather themselves or make, start making phone calls for them or calling their support system. Um, I think for us, it's important that we establish, okay, what is their support system? Who is their support system? So it's anything from going to a, a scene of an accident and holding babies or transporting them to get a rental car to um, just being by someone, not necessarily giving them any resources, but just being that support system in that moment. Well, let's, I want you to talk about, which it seems self-explanatory, but the Victim Services Unit. Mm -hmm. What is it? So we are what we call on-scene crisis interventionists. So we go on scene. Um, we are called, like I said, by the officers out to any time or any kind of scene, anything from um, homicide, what what I say, suicide, and then just any random call, anything that the officer may need help with. Sometimes it's car seats. Car seats are a lot, especially the accidents um, from the visitors visiting Magnolia. A lot of times there's accidents there, so we need to transport them, and they have car seats. So sometimes we do what we call a courtesy transport. We respond to even sexual assaults. Sexual assaults, can um, we respond to either the home or the hospital. But the great thing about that is that we are connected, and we are um, we get the help from the advocacy center. We kind of work as a team. So we will be at the scene, but then as soon as the advocate, sexual assault advocate shows up, we kind of like tag team it, like, okay, you handle it from here. Um, and then also with the Family Abuse Center, <clears throat> we kind of do the same. You know, they're specialized in domestic violence. So we kind of begin that process and then we kind of help them get going in whatever other resources, and, but work with the Family Abuse Center. Yeah. From an officer standpoint, um, to me, it seems like you guys are the emotional 
care. So yes. like you kind of alluded to earlier, you mm -hmm. know, we're processing the scene, we're doing like the criminal component. Sometimes we try not to get emotionally attached because it would distract us and wouldn't allow us to do a thorough investigation. So you guys are able to show up and be the shoulder to cry on and help those people process that trauma they've gone through and be that emotional component instead of just like us officers doing what we're supposed to be doing to right. help them and looking like we're just being a bunch of jerks on scene. So right. for us, right. it's incredible to have you guys as a resource to come out and, and show some compassion and, and allow us to focus too. Right. And we know that you officers too, like it, it affects you guys just as much, but you're trying to do a job and you're trying to hold your composure Yes. and, you know, wait for the scene to be clear for, for you guys to be able to get emotional because we know that there's difficult, um, cases that we go out to that hurt you guys just as much as it does, you know, even us as the people that are going out there to support, you know, these families, but, um, we want to be there for the officers also. So we're not necessarily just out there for, you know, the, the victims or the families that are left behind. We're there for the officers and the crime scene techs and everyone else that is involved in that scene that can be traumatic, that can, you know, just have gone out to this horrifying scene. Now, you spoke about being a Spanish speaker. So yes. how does that, you know, help in your job here with the community when you do go out to those scenes? I, I am the only Spanish speaker um, staff. Now, we do have, I want to say, a couple of um, volunteers. So our unit is made up of volunteers as well. So the staff handles during the day, Monday through Friday, and then the volunteers come in at night and then on weekends also. So... Um, I get called out um, a few times when those volunteers can't be out there, but I think that's my whole purpose and my whole goal is to help those people out. I will always, you know, respond to an on-call, no matter if I'm on-call or not, to that community because one thing that really um, I've seen helps is when someone can express themselves, can express their grief or express their frustration, whatever it may be in their natural language. One, it eases them in feeling like, okay, I'm being heard, but also feeling like when I'm able to respond or an officer that speaks Spanish is able to respond in Spanish. It's like, okay, you understand me and I'm really going to get the help that I need. And that's kind of my hope is that the victims um, Span in the Spanish speaking community feel that as well. Like we are here for you. And i there have been times where I've had to, you know, kind of just um, help them in that dis or that belief that, oh, my gosh, you know, it's they're going to call immigration or whatever their fear may be. And it's like, look, no, they're here to help you. You know, it's really you are a victim and we're going to do whatever we can to help you in that instance and and kind of just take away that myth of they're here. They're going to take me, you know, or they're going to treat me as if I'm the criminal. Yeah. And I'm. I've experienced that as a huge barrier and it is extremely helpful that my partner was Spanish speaking and he was able to tell them, no, like we're here to help you. Like, tell me what's going on so I can help you. Like, I know something's wrong, but I don't know what's wrong because you haven't told us. So like that, that ability, like I wish I could speak Spanish so that I could better relate to more people and serve them better. Um, because you know, we do show up, we've got the badge, we've got the gun and it's like, okay, this guy is going to take me to jail because of whatever reason. It's mm -hmm. like, no, like you're my victim. Like I'm here to help you. So, right. yeah. well, and either of you can actually kind of answer this. It goes either way because explain Isabel, why a victim services 
coordinator is a civilian employee. You know, officers, AJ, you've been out on the streets. How hard is it to, and you guys, like I said, you guys can both answer this question. So <laughs> how hard is it, how easy is it to know that, you know, you guys as civilians are going out there and then from the officer's standpoint, why is it nice for it to be a civilian versus an officer kind of taking on both roles? I think for me, it's, we're dressed pretty normal. We're not in uniform. Um, it's less intimidating. So it does feel like more of a person, you know, I can talk to you or I can come to you. At least that's kind of what we gather is that, that it makes it just a little bit easier to, yeah, I would absolutely that uniform. agree with that. It's, they're a, nice smiling face we're all business and we've got that uniform where it's like we're here to do work and we don't really look approachable sometimes especially with you know what's kind of being going around nationally where it's like you know there's a reluctance to approach the police if someone shows up looking like she does wearing a shirt that says victim services like maybe they'll understand that they're a victim and the services are there for them as the victim and you know, it just helps having a different face show up, having that civilian who isn't in uniform, who, you know, potentially relaxes the tone a little bit. So talk about the crime victims compensation. What you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what is what is crime victims compensation? So crime victims compensation is um, a reimbursement program that uh, is covered through the Office of the Attorney General. So a lot of that comes from even tickets. So when an officer does you know, write a ticket, those um, fees that are being paid in go into this crime victim's compensation. Um, also offenders, they pay restitution. I mean, all, so it's coming from that, not the taxpayer's money. Um, but what they do is they go through an application process. So for like a family violence victim, it helps them relocate. They can, and a lot of times they're like, you know, they think it's going to be the um, witness protection program type thing, and it's not. It's more of what can you afford, where do you want to move, just trying to get them away from their offender, but it can pay for all of those, like, moving expenses that can be um, quite a bit, just to get them back on their feet. But the Office of the Attorney General, they do rely on the detectives' reports and the officers' reports to make sure that they are cooperating and that they are um, that they're not involved in anything criminal. But um, just kind of reassuring that they're working towards getting away from their situation and getting to a better place. And I do that with that victim. I apply. I help them apply, and then I get it through the process. Um, I can tell you of different stories that have just kind of broke my heart but at the same time I'm glad that I was there because um, there was one incident where an 18 year old just days from turning 18 years old her father is killed is murdered Um, and she is the oldest he's not married so now this 18 year old is having to figure out what to do and as an 18 year old you don't think about funeral expenses you don't think about taking over your dad's business and um and of course, her mom is, you know, Spanish speaking, so doesn't understand either and isn't is and able to be there for her the way that, you know, this 18 year old needs. So and I don't know business, but I mean, I'd had her. She came in a couple times and we went through the process for the funeral. Um, and then also when she finally got to the point where she was ready to take over her dad's business, it's like, what do I do next? And I was able to be there for her making the calls. I'm like, I don't know anything about business, but I'm going to help you figure it out. Like, I'm going to be there with you until, you know, you feel like you're ready to just move on. Okay. So Crime Stoppers is my program that I'm 
responsible for. It's countywide. You reach out to Waco Crime Stoppers, and Crime Stoppers is an organization that bridges the gap between law enforcement, the community, and the media. It's, it's kind of a, a triangle, and the thing in the middle is Crime Stoppers. So uh, a lot of people are discouraged from reporting crime, so we encourage them with the incentive of up to $2,000 if your tip leads to the arrest. Um, a lot of people are discouraged from reporting crime because they don't want to have any retaliation or in fear of retribution. So Crime Stoppers keeps you completely anonymous. I don't know who you are at all, um, unless you put your name in the tip. And then I remove it so that your name is no longer associated with that tip. Uh, crime Stoppers kind of helps encourage the community to get involved to help our law enforcement partners solve crime. And the up to $2,000 helps fight your apathy from wanting to report. The anonymity helps fight the fear of retribution and um, we allow you to anonymously submit your tips. So you can submit a tip by calling 254-753-HELP, which is 4357, or- Those help. Yes. <laughs> For those of you that are old enough to remember texting with just nine digits instead of like the full keyboard, that might right. help you remember that. <laughs> and then um, you can go to wacocrimestoppers.org, or you can download the P3 app and I highly recommend that because then if I've got a question for you or, you know, you want to add more follow-up information, you just log into this anonymous app and send me that info. Um, and remember that your tip is always anonymous and you can earn up to $2,000 if it leads to a successful arrest. Yeah, and those tips that do come in can and, and have led to successful arrests before in the Absolutely, past. Absolutely, yeah. So just last week, someone got $1,000 from a tip that led to an arrest, so... That's awesome. It's a, it's a really cool program. Well, we appreciate those tips. So send them in. Uh, Crime Stoppers, like AJ said, keeps you anonymous. And how? why is it so nice to have someone like yourself to help those victims apply for those funds? It's hard. Like we said, these people, are they're going through their worst time in their lives. Right. That's one last thing that they have to. It, it's. I mean, it is a lot of work to just go through and get all of these paperwork and get show that, you know, have this police report. It's just a lot in that process and you're already dealing with having to either run from your offender or a family having to deal with the grief of law, you know, losing their loved one. That's one last thing that they have to focus on. I can do that for them. I pretty much get whatever information. I try to get as much information from the report or whatever that may be and do a lot of that work for them and that way they sign off and just saying, "Yes, this is the help I need." and I can, I can make that process just a little bit easier for them. And with it coming from the police department, because people can file it on their own online, um, but it does take longer because they are asking for those police reports. They are asking for pretty much um, to validate that they really truly are a victim, that kind of thing. Um, and coming through me, it just kind of speeds up that process a little bit more. More validation mm -hmm. from, from that end. Not having to go through open records too, I'm sure. Where yeah, and that delays take, it. I don't know what their time frame is, but I know ten that they've days. Got, ten days. <laughs> ten okay. days. <laughs> so they have ten days before they even have to respond to it. Where you just go downstairs, or you hit print, or however mm -hmm. it works for you, and speeds things up even more. Right, and then it's um, the office of the attorney general still uses a lot of mail, so it's like yeah. they're having to mail in that request to our department. Mail, mail. So it it does. I mean, it just takes a while and going through that process where where especially like funeral expenses or relocation for a domestic violence victim those are something that i can do it's called priority and get them 
help quicker. It's still a process and it still takes time, but it just helps it speed up a little bit more, um, especially because obviously you've got to get the funeral going and then relocation, you've got to get them out of that situation. So those are really important that we get those quickly. For domestic violence situations, I know that there is a way if they're a victim of domestic violence, mm -hmm. um, they can break their lease with an apartment. Is that something that you help with too? or We give them talking points. So okay. a lot of um, situations that I try to explain to the victim is what's best is, especially because their fear is he's going to come back or, you know, they're going to find me, whatever it may be. The, the quickest thing that I can do is like ask, talk to a lease, talk to your um, lease, whoever's holding your lease, you know, apartment manager, if that's what that is or the homeowner and ask them if they have another property that they can move you to. So that can help for that moment until you find something else because it is a, a um, kind of a slower process. It's not very fast, but, and because it is a reimbursement program, it's not, you're still having to put something into it before they can approve it and, or submit your receipts or submit, you know, whatever the bill may be before it actually gets paid. So, talking to that person and asking them, hey, can you move me into another one of your units? Trying to work with them and having those talking points with them. Um, most places are helpful. There are times when it's, okay, we, we need a little more help. And that's where, as an advocate, we can go in and talk to the apartment complex or talk to whomever and it's like, hey, let's, let's work together. Let's help them, you know, be safe. And talk about, too, when you are dealing with the victims and handling, you know, their situation, it, it's it's a process. But it, when it's over and done, I mean, they can still reach out for help, right, if Absolutely. they wanted to. It, it's never a closed door once no. things are done. And that's the example that I put for that 18-year-old. It was months before she decided, you know, the funeral had already happened. Um, she decided, I, I need help. I don't know where else to go. She wanted to take over her dad's business. And... I mean, she knew she could come to me with anything at any time. And I was just, I'm glad to be able to be there, especially, you know, when you don't know where else to reach out to. And it can be things like that. I mean, just things of, um, there's one, it, and it wasn't even a victim. And I think that's one thing that um, victim services, we help witnesses too. Um, there was a witness that was jogging at, um, through Cameron Park and found, you know, a body. And that's traumatic in itself. You don't go, yeah. you know, wanting to go for a jog and realize, hey, you know, this is going on. So he had came back later and it's like, you know what, all these things that we talked about, um, I actually did them. And, you know, they're, it's talking to, you know, we try to tell him, like, try not to drink and try not to, you know, do different things. Um, and sometimes it, it's just a listening ear, like just being able to call and say, hey, I just need to talk to somebody and kind of admit that I did the things that I probably shouldn't have done, but being able to let that out and vent. Um, so it's, it's anything. And at any time they can, they can come back and just have that. I've also had, of course, because she was Spanish speaking, had a victim of um, an attempt, attempted sexual assault. And months later, she's like, Hey, like, I'm, you know, we've gone through this process of, you know, going to the doctor and talking to someone. And she goes, I, I've, don't feel like I'm where I should be and just kind of going through, you know, I'm not a licensed counselor, but, um, and then I allow them, I tell them this, I'm not a licensed counselor, but I am willing to just listen and let's get you, let's figure out where you're at so we can get you to where you do need to be. 
Did you realize, and, and you might have because of your husband being in the department already, but did you realize how much goes into being a victim services coordinator before even starting? No, I thought I did. I thought I did. But um, because I, I, you know, I did do the ride-alongs and I did see, and I and I would hear him talk some about some of those cases, um, but I didn't realize how some of them were going to affect me either. Um, there are just cases, and I think a lot of times it's the kid cases that, like there's, you know, you think about it or one little instance and someone mentions something and you're thinking about that family, you're thinking about um, the kids or that yeah. from that scene. And I didn't realize that that would linger. I thought, oh, I can do this, you know, I'm strong enough, I can, but I think it affects every person that works, whatever case that may be, be the, again, the officer, the crime scene tech, um, whoever that may be that works with that family. Yeah, I mean, like you said, AJ, we're human. You guys are robots. You're not not robots. You're not robots. You look like robots, but yeah, at the end of the day, like when we go home, like we're going to have to cope and and figure out how to emotionally deal with these things that we experience. And I think to me, that's the coolest thing about our victim services unit. And it's how you guys support the victims, the witnesses. I hadn't even considered that. Mm -hmm. And then what you guys do for us officers too. Um, being a part of peer support has been awesome because I get to see it firsthand, but just knowing that there's someone that you can talk to and, um, you know, having someone to talk to can help immensely. Yeah. And understand, you know, you're talking to someone that was either out, you know, on that scene or has been on a scene similar. So they understand and get that, that it, it does affect you. And it does, you know, it hurts you just like it, you know, you're empathetic to the, the families. What's something that, you have learned you didn't know about but have learned now being in this role um, that victim services does that you didn't realize the extent of? I think it's just how long that they're with victims or how long, you know, sometimes it is a quick, we're just there on scene or where they're just there a week later, um, but not realizing that there are some people that kind of stick with you and some families that, um, you end up having a relationship with, in a sense, of kind of following up with them, con- you know, year after year after year. I can tell you for one of my coworkers, um, it seemed like it was quite often she'd come back, and, and I think until that case is really closed, she, she'll continue to follow up with them um, because, you know, cases do affect us. So, Yeah, and you guys probably have some sort of trauma bonding too, where like you're both experiencing it differently, but you have that tragic event brings you together. And then, you know, especially for the victims, I feel like you're someone that can be like a peace, like bring peace to the situation, be Mm -hmm. that constant. That's, you know, you're showing up level headed and helping to calm them. And that probably helps them to bond with you. I'm sure. Yeah. I think sometimes we have to, we kind of have to do a lot of what the officers do is we have to hold it in and hold our emotions in and until it's done, you know, we've had situations where, especially it was a child, um, just couldn't drive right back to the tower. It's like, I just got to drive. I just got to, I just got to decompress and, and, you know, and where my coworker, I, you know, the three of us, the three staff worked on this one, um, case and we we're all doing something different. So of course we see different pieces of it and it affects us differently. But at the same time, like, Hey, you know, we're able to go back and vent or just say like this hurt, 
this is still hurting. You know, months later, this is still hurting. And any any mention of, you know, this kid's name is bring something back up, you know, but. It takes a lot of strength from everyone at the department dealing with what these cases are that we mm -hmm. deal with on a daily. Mm -hmm. Talk about just what it takes as someone to be in the victim services unit and that, that strength and that composure. Mm -hmm. um, I, what I love about our volunteers, our volunteers ha are from different backgrounds. Like we have a business owner, we have someone that works in insurance, we have um, educators, we have just um, foster parents. So what I love about it is that they are, one, they care. They want to go out and help people. Um, but two, we're as staff, we're able to like know each other what they do. And it's like, hey, I have a question about, you know, whatever insurance, there was an issue with the car uh, driving through a home and a victim was needing help. And I was like, you know, I don't know, but I think I know who to go and ask. So, I mean, everybody brings kind of their own um, just whatever it is that their expertise, you know, in and then but knowing that they have that heart to help, they want to help or they want to come back and it's like, hey, I may not be able to follow up with this family, but will you? Um, and so it's not you don't really have to have, I want to say, a degree in what we do. Mine just happens to be mental health and youth counseling. Um, we have criminal justice, people that want to kind of see that law enforcement side of it. And then also just psychology. So just having that that heart to help people, the strength to know like, hey, this this one's tough. Um, that's one thing that we do ask is that know when to go talk to somebody. Like fires, we've had volunteers with fires and, you know, children dying in fires that that it, all of a sudden they've been like, you know, I can't do this anymore. And that's understandable. And I think for us, it's knowing your limit and knowing that this is this is going to be harder than you may think. It may be fun to go hold on to kids and play with them for a little bit while whatever else is going on. But yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, it's That's something strange. hard to, to deal with. And like you said, you have to know when you need to talk to somebody mm -hmm. for any aspect in life. If you're struggling, like right. there's somebody out there that'll listen to you. Um, just go talk to them. But for people that have a big heart and they want to help, are you looking for help? And if so, how can they get involved? Yes. So we are, and um, we will, we're hoping to have an academy, hoping um, in February. So um, the best thing to do is go onto our website at Waco Police um, website, and under there is Victim Services, and it'll kind of direct you to Sparky or Melissa Sparks is who they would need to reach out to for that application and submitting that. But you guys are only staffed, like you said, employed people with the police department there's only three of three. you so mm -hmm. you really do rely heavily on those volunteers yes we do I mean although I you know I love getting that call in the middle of the night like I said especially if it's that Spanish-speaking victim knowing that there aren't very many of us and I want to be able to get them the help that they need and help them understand there is someone out there for you to you know what I mean you can yeah. go to someone um but those middle of the night calls and then getting back up at you know six o'clock in the morning it it can be tough and it can it can also wear on us if we don't have that help um so we do rely on those volunteers anybody that has a heart to do it and is willing to get up in the middle of the night and run out to someone's you know to help somebody yeah and get to work with some awesome people 
Do when you guys go out to scenes, do people realize that we even had a victim services unit, or that the victim would even be greeted by you to and to to have that? I don't service? think so. I don't think, and I think even our officers will ask, "Do you want victim services?" And there's times that I'm sure victims are like, "I don't know what that is. So I'm just gonna say no." Yeah. Um, but there's been times too where you know this. I just recall, you know, especially Spanish victim speaking victim, like she wanted to make sure that it was relayed to the officers that she was so grateful. Not only, you know, that I was able to come out and help her out and get her to a new place and help her with whatever the situation was, but she felt like the officer saved her life and she wanted to make sure she communicated that to the officers, making that a point. But I don't think that the community really knows that we are out there. Um, and the one thing too to know is that we don't just serve Waco. We serve McLennan County. So we respond um, for McLennan County Sheriff's Office as well. And then we have other agencies that call us out. Beverly Hills, Robinson, Lacey Lakeview, they've called us out as well. So, you know, other departments know they can just call our dispatch and ask for victim services and we'll go out to the scene. I just learned something new. So, I didn't realize we did all of McLennan County. All of McLennan County. That's Yes. Crazy. So that's, we do. That's a big we work. Area. We work with um, the sheriff's office as well. So that's it. Is it's. So you guys probably definitely need volunteers because I yes. thought you know, obviously you do Waco <laughs> and then the surrounding communities that would ask right, for help, like maybe but, Hewitt and Robinson or like those smaller ones around us. But to think of the whole county. The whole county. Wow. Yeah. So that's that I mean I'm sure that workload can get pretty big. It can. Um, they don't call like all of us all of them don't call us out as often i think as our own officers do i think if they did if they realized even i'm sure that even within those small communities they don't realize everything that we do um so if they did realize then we may be getting more calls uh, but our even our volunteers love to go out and help they love getting that that call um, and being on call and actually being able to go out on call so well, and does that extend, if we help, you know, victims in the community in McLennan County, does that extend to other officers and other departments too? Yes. So even with like peer support, I mean, they, they do. They, they get the help from, or they go out and help other agencies as well, and they have. Wow. So it's just a matter of knowing that we are here, we are here to help, and Waco has, PD has been great in just saying, this is a resource that's available to the community and any agency is able to to use that and even with crime victims compensation i've done it for other agencies as well and again that helps not only that agency but also especially that victim so knowing that they can call and say hey i need help with this this case I, i'm more than happy to help that's awesome <laughs> that's I, I just like i'm blo like just blows my mind that we do the, the whole county Wow. That's the one thing about, you know, Waco Police Department I found is that they are great. Their training is great. They they care about, you know, serving the community. And I think that's why they allow us to go and help whatever agency needs the help. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything else that you want the community to know about victim services? Maybe something that is not why well, I know we've already talked about things that aren't widely known even with AJ yes, and I yeah. so but is anything else that you want to talk about victim services for so victim services um it there there's something called victims rights and 
a victim themselves can ask for us. So they may not realize everything that we can help with, but you know, if an officer shows up, they have the right to ask for help for those resources, and they can just simply tell an officer, I'd like victim services to be here. And even if it's just to be there as their support or to help them with the what's next, what happens next, um, we're happy to be there. We're happy that, you know, for the community to know that you can call upon us. It doesn't have to be initiated from an officer. All right, we're going to take a pause here for a second and talk about the Take Me Home program. This is something that I actually just recently learned about myself. And so this is a free service, the Take Me Home program. It's available for all residents of McLennan County, for adults and children who have difficulty communicating due to either a developmental or cognitive disability. Yeah, so the database is maintained by us at the Waco Police Department in our communications division, and it's only accessible to law enforcement. Um, So just law enforcement personnel can get this information, and sometimes it'll have a photograph, the information on what their disability may be, a physical description, and most importantly, um, emergency contact information for that individual. Yeah, so this Take Me Home program, it really helps that adult or child who has that difficulty communicating, helps the officer kind of understand who this person is, who that emergency contact is, and where they can go to, you know, have that safe place for them. So these individuals, you know, they tend to be at risk for maybe wandering or include disorders such as Alzheimer's. They might be on the uh, autism spectrum disorder, dementia, Down syndrome, things like that. Yeah, so if you want to register yourself or someone that is a loved one or someone you're concerned for, um, for this program, all that information can be found on the City of Waco website, and it's just to fill out and submit the information, and that way we can have that database and, and help someone out one day. Yeah, a lot. I mean, we do get those calls every once in a while of someone who is lost. They aren't really sure of you know where they are or how, how they're going to get back home. And so in that system, if, if they're in that system, our officer can see, oh, look, this person has this emergency contact. Maybe this is their address or this is where they have other family or friends that can help them out. And that's how we get them to those safe places. Yeah. Or if we come across someone that does have issues communicating, you know, we can potentially reach out to dispatch and say, this is what this person looks like get a picture and potentially identify and get that person home safe. Yeah, so again, that's called the Take Me Home program, and it is a free service available to everyone in McLennan County. I think there's a lot that we do do. We help detectives during interviews um, when they're interviewing either a victim or a witness or whatever that may be. Um, we also, if they need to interview someone and they have a child with them, we get to play with kids. That's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> But there's a lot that we do do that it just there's those things that are kind of not very frequent, so it doesn't come really to mind. But we do help out however it is, either the officer, detective, whatever it may be. So, so much more than just like the big things that come to mind, like the the calls that involve death. Like obviously people are going to be traumatized there, but I mean, there's so many other things that... Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be traumatic. It can just be, like, how can you serve the community? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the death notifications. Those are, are, yeah, the tough ones where you don't know how they're going to react. Sometimes it's like, okay, and then sometimes it's literally throwing themselves on the ground just in disbelief. Like, you know, 
we really don't know how we're going to, when we get to a scene, what it's going to look like. I have had to peel a mom off the ground just in her hurt that her baby just died. And then a week later I go to another baby death and it's like kind of that shock, like I don't know, like no emotion. But you really don't know what their process or what they're thinking and just managing to figure out, okay, let's what is it that you need right now from us? Like, you know, what kind of support do you need? Are you okay? Do we need to get you somewhere or to someone that is going to really be beneficial to you? Um, but establishing support is our huge thing. Establishing support and figuring out what resources do you already have and then what resources, you know, do I need to bring into into your life? So I think that's that's a lot of the majority of victim services. I mean, you guys do a lot, and I know the officers, the citizens, I'm sure once they realize you guys are here for them, uh, very appreciative for the work that you guys do throughout the county, I guess, now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, Isabel, thank you so much for coming on this podcast with us. We appreciate it, talking about victim services and the uh, crime victims' compensation. Well, thanks for having me. Well, that was fun talking with Isabel. Learned a lot of new stuff. I knew we were going to be learning a lot. Yes, the whole point of the teachable moments for all is us learning too, right? Exactly. So thanks for joining us on episode three, talking about the Victim Services Unit, something that will always be here for you guys out there in the community. Um, Any time of day or night. That's right, 24-7. Exactly, because anything can happen at any moment. Absolutely. We appreciate you uh, joining us on episode three. Gosh, I'm losing count with all these numbers. We're not even that far yet. So we're on episode three. Thank you for listening and (laughs) look forward to episode four and check it out next week. You stick with us. I'm Sierra Shipley, the public information officer. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers coordinator. Have a good one, Waco. Waco PD on the beat. The heartbeat serving you.